Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We are back to provide insight on a wide variety of sports topics from NBA hoops to NFL football, Major League Baseball to professional soccer and anywhere in between. Our goal is to shed some light on some subjects and some topics that maybe you haven't thought about before. And we're going to have a whole lot of fun while we do that. We want you to have fun right along with us. So let's not waste any more time. I am JB. I'm ready for episode 81. 81. Episode 81. N-O-N-J-B Sports Pedigree. I don't even know what season we in, to be honest. We've been getting it in for a while now. It's been a while. Shout out to all of our original, you know, original crew that's been with us for the long haul. I mean, and and those of y'all that... Yeah, and y'all too. Y'all too. I mean, y'all... Definitely gonna love this top five college basketball centers Ooh. segment. I mean, we've been yes. through every other position in college basketball, and this is all time. It's not current, right? Not 2023 players, right. all time centers. So, there's a lot of potential players we could have on the list. You start thinking about guys who, um, in the NBA mm. were incredible. Yep, I'm gonna let JB start it off this time, man. Yeah, Usually, I start off the forth. top fives, man. Let's let's let JB kick it off because it's going to be some guys that i'm pretty sure we're going to have quite different lists because there's so many guys that could be on our list but for me it wasn't that hard given that we were looking at college production yeah i mean and we differ on this one and maybe it's because my initial thought process going into it was a bit skewed because you know i'm trying not to think about their nba prowess with it So that could have been why I had a little bit more of a challenge with some of the names that I left off here. But we'll see. I'm interested to see who NO has. We'll start off with my number five all-time college center, 7'4", 228 pounds out of Virginia, Ralph Sampson. Played there from 80 to 83. Averaged 17, 11 and a half, and 3.5 blocks. Three-time All-American, multi-time player of the year 57 percent field goal for his career Uh, didn't pan out at the next level but boy he really he just completely dominated the game for those years he was at virginia i got the admiral david robinson is my number five would be third all time in blocks in college basketball if that was a stat uh, but it was only available after his junior season yeah i was gonna say there was no block stat for ralph no sir at the whole time 207 as a junior for the Admiral, four-year, you know, at the Naval Academy, and he led the Navy to the Elite Eight twice, I believe. 1986 U.S. Male Athlete of the Year, 1986 Rebounding Leader, and 86 and 87 Blocks Leader. So I didn't even have to really tell his point statistics. I didn't need to articulate that. I mean, he already – he was just an incredible player. I mean, He was. he, He led the Navy. The Navy. That's why he made my list. He led the Navy to the lead yeah. eight twice, man. Maybe, maybe I'll share a little more about him. My number four, though, <laughs> number four for me is Shaquille O'Neal. 7'1", 325 in college from 90 to 92, Louisiana State University, where he averaged 21.6 points and 13.5 rebounds for his career. And... Over four and a half blocks. Just ridiculous. Two-time All-American. Player of the Year, of course. Um, And shot 61% from the floor 
during his college career at LSU. Number four on my list in college is Shaq. I got some old school era players, man. Will Chamberlain, number four on my list, 29.9, right at 30, 18 boards a game. Uh, two seasons at Kansas, man. And yeah. We we all wonder. JB and I talk about it often, how Wilt would look against more modern competition. But mm-hmm. it's left to be decided. It will never be decided. He left Kansas after two years to do what, JB? Harlem Globetrotters. I was going to say, I didn't. I did not know that, you know. Wow. Yeah. Educate 19, me. 1957 most outstanding player in college wow. basketball, Wilt Chamberlain, number four on my list, man. There you go. Um, I, You know, that was one that was tough for me because I didn't have Wilt on my list and probably because his career was shorter than these other guys. That's really the only way I was able to justify that. And maybe it's unfair, but number three on my list is your number five, the Admiral, David Robinson, 7'1", 235, as you mentioned, took Navy to the lead eight against Duke. I mean, and think about this too. In that same tournament, beat Syracuse in the Carrier Dome where he scored 35 points, had 11 boards, and seven blocks in that game in the tournament. Averaged 29 points a game as a senior, 61% field goal shooting for his career, Averaged 21 points, over 10 boards, and and as you mentioned, just supreme, just underrated defensive player. I feel like he's a one of the more underrated all-time players in the game of basketball, David Robinson. No doubt. He really is, man. He did a lot, um, but just didn't get a championship until that mm-hmm. Tim Duncan season, you're, 1999. You're right. A lot of people put an asterisk next to that championship kind of like the COVID championship in the bubble because Mm. that was a shortened season it was a lot of people remember Greg Popovich's first title by the way Elvin Hayes man number three on my list I had him at the 31 and 17 three years at Houston 15th on the all-time NCAA scoring list undersized 6'9 235 for sure known for that turnaround jump shot sort of underrated in my eyes and not talked about enough but boy did he have an incredible career at the collegiate level and in the NBA, man? Oh, yeah. He, he was amazing. And he was on my power forward list. For those of y'all that didn't listen back to that, go back a couple episodes there. All right. Number two on my list out of UCLA, 6'11", 210-pound goofball Bill Walton. He wasn't no goofball when he was playing back in the day, though. Uh, there were no block stats, so Lord only knows how many of those he had. Um, but led UCLA to -to back-to-back titles, shot 65% from the floor for his career, three-time All-American Player of the Year, averaged 20.3 points, 15.7 boards, and what a lot of people forget about Bill, five-and-a-half assists a game. The guy could pass. He could do really all everything on the court and probably would be more renowned if he didn't have uh, some pretty severe injuries when he got the professional level. Yeah, that's a good point. Bill's number two. Yeah, for well, me. another Bill didn't make my list, but another wow. Bill did. Bill Russell. Oh yeah. Straight out of the University of San Francisco, the Dons twenty and twenty all day, yep. and two times on Sunday, back to back national titles in nineteen fifty five and nineteen fifty six. For where? For what school? The San Francisco Randos. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> Can't have Wilt on the list without Russell. 
right? Like You're it right. Was, it, it was almost inevitable that I was going to have him on the list. Rim protector, rebounder, outlet pass. That was his forte mm. for a lot of years. Never was an incredible score, but he didn't need to be to be dominant in college and in the NBA. Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. You've seen you seen clips of him running. <laughs> it's like he's running and the other people are going backwards. He's running Good. so fast down the court. <laughs> like a Impala. Impala. <laughs> um, I, I have an inclination that we may have the same number one. But then again, I, I've been wrong before. Um, my number one all-time center in college basketball is Lou Alcindor. That's his name. 7'2", 225, 7-69 at UCLA, three-time All-American and three-time Player of the Year and three titles. <laughs> his team went 88-2 and two for the three seasons that he played at UCLA. That's his 88-2. and two. Oh, man. 26.4 points a game, 15.5 rebounds. Again, we, we I'd be willing to bet he had five blocks a game. I mean, I'm just guessing. Probably all these old-time guys. 64% field goal shooting. Um, yeah, he's number one on my list. That was the easy part for me. Yeah, well, it was easy all the way around, you know. I mean, you said it all, JB. There's really nothing else for me to add on. Um, individual numbers tell us everything we need to know about this dude. I mean, he was mentally locked in at all times. Another one of these guys, it, it pretty much everybody on both of our lists, with the exception of Bill Walton because of injuries, mm. was dominant in college and in the NBA, had incredible careers. And Lou Alcindor, um, soon to be known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, for those of y'all that um, don't know. Oh, yeah, I hope y'all know that, right? Like That's that. Kareem. And he's, I, I think this is the first one where I actually, um, he was number one on my NBA as well, like all-time center, which, you know, I could reconsider and, you know, obviously there's arguments there, but as far as the lists go, that's the first player that I had both college and NBA at that position. Ah, and, good uh, point. Yeah. And, um, yeah. As I he said, was it, was real, it was really he hard was a for winner, me to leave. He was a winner in both levels. He was. And he was it was a winner really hard levels. for me to leave a couple of those guys off um, that I did. But, yeah, excellent, excellent list. And we'll see, man, uh, man. you know, where we go man, next. A, 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 a universal winner. And, JB, I do want to ask you a question. All right. As we speak about winners, who was the winner's? And who were the losers of the NFL draft? <laughs> well, I'm going to let you speak, you know, mostly on this subject matter. That's I mean, fine. What you got, man? I, I'm going to take a bit. To be honest, this year, I kind of uh, went into it with a bit more of the N.O. mentality than I have in the past, where I looked at it a bit more um, just from afar. Uh, you know, not that I don't enjoy it or get into it, but at the end of the day, we can make predictions and we can say so-and-so is going to be great, but we really don't know until a couple years down the road. So, you know, of course the experts are out there and they're grading you and telling you who did great and who didn't do good, but you don't know. So, I mean, I will say there were some surprises. Um, I'll talk about a couple of those. I think 
The first big surprise for me was the Atlanta Falcons taking a running back at number eight, um, Bijan Robinson, which, you know, all accounts can be an excellent player at this level. Uh, but the value for that position nowadays, it just is surprising that they would take him so high and uh, the fact that they have three running backs already on the roster. So uh, good point. They must have just they must have thought he was the best player in the draft. And if that's the case blew then, him away. Yeah. If that's the case then you take him, right? And you just you just go with that. Um and you know, so there is something to be said for that. I, I'm gonna talk about the Bengals a bit. Uh I love I love their strategy these past few years. They really they refuse to reach for a player just because they feel like it's a need position. Um, and they actually had a player who they didn't think would be there in Miles Murphy in the first round. They had him as like a top 10 player in the draft. And he was there at 28 when they picked. So they took him, you know, and a defensive ends nowadays, you would say probably quarterback tackles, cornerbacks and defensive ends. You know, those are probably your highly valued position. I don't think you can ever have enough <laughs> defensive ends. So felt like that was a good pick. Got a, another defensive back in the second round, DJ Turner out of Michigan, which Michigan has a good pedigree for defensive backs over the years. The Bengals have selected them. They had Leon Hall previously took one last year in Dax Hill, which we're looking to, to see a lot from this year. But um, dude can fly, ran the fastest time of the 40, but he's not just a speed guy. He only missed one tackle in his college career and had a 46% completion against um, his senior year. So, dude can play. Yeah, uh, sounds like it. Yeah, then got a third-round pick, a safety, a multi-year starter from Alabama. So, for me, that's another value pick. And maybe, I'm sure, N.O.'s favorite pick of the draft for the Bengals in the fourth round, getting a steal of Charlie Jones, wide receiver from Purdue. Yeah, you want to share a little lot about him? Yeah, I mean, he's a dog receiver. Um, over 100 catches, um, really unstoppable uh, in the Big Ten and throughout the regular season. He had a couple rough games, but he had many injuries um, at, at a certain point during the season. Had mm -hmm. big games against pretty much everybody. Um, could catch it in traffic. Um, he's a great route runner. He can beat you deep. Not top-end speed, but he's really quick, and his speed is very deceiving. Mm -hmm. um, he'll go up and get it. He's not a super tall receiver, but he will go moss you. Um, he can do it all, man. He's a very versatile player, and he's one of those guys that's hungry. I mean, think about it. The dude transferred from Iowa to Purdue, right? When he was at Iowa, he had, I think, about 350 yards receiving his junior year. <laughs> it's he Iowa, eclipsed right? that. He eclipsed that season total, I think, in the second game of the season at Purdue. Well, you know he played uh, with – Purdue's quarterback previously I want to say that's right yeah, and they were boys they were boys growing up and he got drafted a couple picks later and did you know that he he transferred from somewhere else to Iowa he was a yeah. uh, initially was like got a walk on somewhere so this is a guy that you know I think of like a Cooper Cup story a guy that didn't yeah. really get any offers walked on somewhere you know so I can see him just as a hard worker like you said and for the Bengals you think about that as a value pick when you've already got three excellent receivers you know in the next couple years you're not gonna be able to keep all of them so charlie jones is a dude get step right in and then in the fifth round getting chase brown's chase brown out of illinois you've got a, a potentially a running back in joe mixon that 
again, may not be around long. He's had some legal stuff. So I thought that was another really good pick. All around really liked their draft. Um, I like the fact that the Texans felt like Will Anderson was the best player in the draft. A lot of people said that, and they didn't they didn't play around. They traded up from nine to pick him right after they picked C.J. Stroud number two. So in yeah. their minds, they got their guys. Um, I think the Eagles continue to continue to take Georgia players. They got, I think now five defensive starters out of the University of Georgia in the last couple of years yeah. after their draft. Um, another surprise is that the Lions also took a running back early in the draft, I think number 12, and then proceeded to trade uh, Swift to the Eagles. So now the Eagles have a new running back as well, which I believe he's originally from that area. So, yeah, I mean, again, there was a not a whole lot of – Big names this year. I felt like it, one of the coolest things we touched on last week was um, the quarterbacks that were taken. Three of the first four picks were black quarterbacks. And I mean, I just think about when I was growing up as a kid, that's not, that's something that I would, that would have never happened then. So I think it's yeah. awesome that we are there now. There's certainly a long way to go um, with people's mindsets and in the sport and how, how it operates. But, um, I just I think that's pretty cool that we're at that spot now to where they're actually evaluated based on their talent and who they are as people rather than the color of their skin. So hey, it's the way it's supposed to be, man. Absolutely. That's what's up. What do you think about and, the Colts? Um, Anything? Mm, well, no? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I heard Anthony. their uh their uh, uh what's his name? Who's the the receiver they took? Uh, second or third round guy. Hold on, I'm looking. Yeah. Uh, Josh Downs out of North Carolina. He said yeah, he, he could. He's a good he, player. Yeah, he couldn't wait. He couldn't even wait to get to practice to play with Anthony Richardson. They got oh. out in the hotel in the parking lot and were tossing the ball around. So. Richardson Downs. Hey, there you go. Let's. Hey, we need a number one because Michael mm. Pittman's a solid receiver, but he's not a one. Maybe Downs nah. is the next. There you go. Maybe Downs is the next one. That's good stuff, JB. Yeah, hit Appreciate us up with it. some uh, some of your favorite draft picks or draft thoughts and. Let us know where you're at. JB, I got a very terse personal segment. Okay. Uh, I want to speak to all the coaches out there today. Basketball, football, baseball, soccer, tennis, lacrosse, hockey, badminton, softball, track and field. From the youth level through college. Please, y'all, do three things with me <laughs> that will help dispel entitled and coddled athletes. Please, y'all, help me by displaying an outward expression of gratefulness to everyone who plays a role within the program. I'm talking about you as the coach, however, however small it may be. Display gratitude so that your players see you saying thank you, being appreciative. Number two, never make an excuse or be inconsistent with standards. You gotta treat the superstar just as you would treat the kid who's just happy to be on a team. Yeah in all aspects of it you have to if you want to be respected just the way it is and last but not least make them earn privileges mm. make them earn things set standards outlined in number two communicating that and helping them understand the difference between a right and a privilege 
certain things these athletes think are rights they're actually privileges that have to be earned mm. walk the walk coaches facts you that's know, all i got man and oh that's not only does that sound like great advice for coaches it sounds like great parenting advice as well i could there certainly you go. speak to that and i would even go so far as to say or w- ask if would you say that even at times it's not a bad idea to hold your star players to an even higher standard um, or hold them even more accountable as the leaders and star players. Oh, uh, no, no, I'm a treat. Oh, no, I'm going to be fair because um, you can lose them, too. You can lose mm-hmm. your star players, too. Cool. Good stuff. You know, uh, personal segment this week for me, I'm going to share a story about a uh, football team or as we in America call them, a soccer team. Inno, have you heard of the English team Lutontown? Who is that? Well, I'll let you know here. So, they less than a decade ago were. Did you say loser, loser town? They were loser town. Less than a decade ago, they were a (laughs) non-league team. So, in in most uh, professional, you know, soccer leagues in Europe, there are multiple tiers. I think England actually has five tiers. So they weren't even in that fifth tier less oh than a decade gosh. ago. They that's, are that's now, possible. yeah, they are now in a spot where they are going to be playing in the playoff. They are the third seed, and I'll explain this a little bit more, to potentially be in the Premier League next year. They at one point won 12 games in a row. Um, they have a stadium that holds less than 10,000 people. And literally, it looks like if you look it up online, um, like it could be just in the middle of your neighborhood kind of deal where you walk right off the street into the stadium. They would have to spend probably estimates about $10 million just to meet broadcast standards for the Premier League if they do get promoted. Their entire roster weekly wage is the same as a Manchester City substitute player. The whole team. <laughs> oh, my God. And they've got a guy on their team, Pele Mpanzu, who was on the club when they were non-league, and it would be the first time ever if they get promoted for somebody to be on a, a non-league team and stay on the roster all the way up to getting promotion. Like the ultimate Cinderella of Cinderella's if this happens. And for those of you who aren't aware how it works, I'm an advocate of the way that they do things in these these leagues because you there's no tanking in these professional leagues in Europe and soccer because the bottom three teams of the top league, they get demoted. So Houston Rockets, if you suck, guess what? You're going down to the, the G League or whatever and another team's coming up. So I think, Let's it, go. you know, I'm all for that. Um, so it gives these teams opportunities to grow. And, of course, it, when you're in the top, top league, I mean, the money is ridiculous, and you can afford to get more players and what have you. So the way it works for the promotion, uh, in England anyway, I'm not sure if this is the same in other European companies, but in England, the, the championship is the league just below the Premier League. The top two teams automatically move up. Teams three, four, five, and 6 play a tournament and the winner of that tournament gets to be the third team to get promoted. So Luton Town is the they're in third place. So I guess that means they would have like the home field and such. So 
that'll happen over the next few weeks and man that's gonna be an insane like people you'll you'll be hearing about this uh if that happens i mean it's for those of you that follow the sport like when Leicester City won the Premier League title a few years back it's even more of a probably Cinderella and historical against the odds than that was okay so so Luton Town is a uh, fairly Dickinson and Chelsea would be uh never mind yeah yeah mm-hmm. Chelsea ain't much better this year yeah well <sighs> anyways hey that's a great story man I love it's that it's pretty cool I love that I'm gonna be rooting for him man and keep me updated on that JB sir just like we're gonna keep updating y'all. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the world of basketball? We we into May NBA now. NBA chat. When it gets into May, you start getting into the second round, the conference finals of the NBA playoffs, and then it's all about those matchups. And it, it it's there's no more scrubs playing, y'all. Mm, there's not. No more scrubs on the court. You got eight teams left, and I'm gonna start off by saying this, JB. I'm tired of this false narrative about Steph Curry's defense being suspect. Hmm. I hear about it so much, so often. Liabilities on the defensive end of the court do not play. They get exposed. They stay in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. You can't keep them on the court. It's just the way it is. Stop letting your insecurities keep you from crowning greatness. <laughs> I'm not saying he's the best defensive player in the NBA by any means. But Steph Curry's not a liability. You're not throwing no. a ball and going at Steph every play. No, he's serviceable. Right. He works hard, too. And he's... He's worked really hard on his um, strength. I mean, you look at him from when he first came in the league. He can hang. Now that I have soliloquized, <laughs> Boston and Philly, man. Mm. Two teams, you know, kind of centered around the stars. Tatum, Brown, and Bede Harden. Well, I got to give the slight edge to Philly. Mm. Supporting cast-wise. Yeah, for and sure. in game one. Maxie. Winning in Boston without Joel Embiid. Tyrese Maxey is the third scorer that Boston has sometimes, but not really consistently. You know, it yep. could be Marcus Smart. It could be Derek White. I, I guess I could add Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, there, Brogdon at times off the bench, yep. Don't Horford, believe you either. Horford's been shooting terribly, though. I mean, that's, it's Al Horford. He's not a shooter. <laughs> yeah, how was, he, <laughs> how was he top five in the for the season in three-point percentage? How's that happen? Because he shoots one a game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he probably, I mean, he gets open shots because. Yeah, he's wide team, open. That's why. He's wide open. Teams keep their big man in the lane for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum driving. So, I mean, you know, he's he's serviceable. But I don't see either of those teams as being a title contender, you know. But mm. then again, I didn't see, I don't see any team in the East as such. Miami right. or New York. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going to kind of beat each other up and. I could see it going either way, but I'm leaning Miami because of winning playoff experience. Not just experience, JB. Winning playoff experience. JB, what's what's, what's going on out west, man? Tell me a little bit about what's going on out there. I'm with you with the Heat, and and I'm just I'm leaning that way because I feel like they got the best player in the series, Jimmy Buckets, and he's he's got something to prove. Um, I got a question. I got a couple questions for you too. We'll, We'll come back to the we'll come back to the East out west, obviously. We got the Suns Nuggets, and I think the Suns are being exposed. Um, it, you know, we kind of talked about it on this podcast that they were kind of they were fakers. That you know they they have two amazing talented players, a couple of other solid players, but that's it. You know, I I don't know if I've seen this before, 
But in game two of that series, Phoenix Suns scored four points off their bench in 71 minutes of play. You just, yeah. you're not going to win. You're not, you don't have to have, I mean, you've got Katie and Booker. You don't have to have all stars coming off your bench. You got to have guys that serviceable. I mean, you got to have somebody that can do something. It looks like this year the Joker's, he's really playing in the playoffs. Um, the first game, you know, Jamal Murray went off. Second game, the, the Suns defended them differently. They pretty much said, all right, we're going to make the Joker score rather than facilitate. And so he did. He dropped like 39 points. Now you got Chris Paul hurt. Uh, I don't know if the Nuggets can can get all the way to win a title, but I feel like that series is pretty much over. Um, and then I think my favorite series, the one I've, I'm enjoying the most right now, is the Lakers and Golden State. Um, big big blowout win by Golden State uh, recently. Um, as we sit and speak right now, it's a 1-1 series. I, I think that uh, unless... Anthony Davis is able to, you know, score 30 a game. I don't know that the Lakers have enough depth scoring wise to, to contend with the Warriors. I think we're seeing it again that they're they're coming into form at the right time. Um, Andrew Wiggins still hasn't even gotten off uh, offensively. Um, and He's you not just, going to. You just I mean, got a different guy every line. night. Yeah. yeah. You just got a different guy every night for that Warriors team that besides Steph that can step up and give you a, a big offensive game. So, um, but that's a fun one to watch. What do you think? Uh, I think the price to picking up KD midseason is what Phoenix gave up um, mm -hmm. in their bench. You know what I mean? Oh, but, uh, absolutely. Back to Golden State. Um, uh, to, when I look at Golden State, I look at a team who this is going to be against uh, what the what the masses view is, is being a great Big man tandem, I guess you, so to speak, with Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. I think Jermichael Green in the first unit makes them a better team. Hmm. Draymond is more capable at the five, and, and Jermichael is a fourth three-point shooter who on the court, and I say this admiring what Kevon Looney does, by the way, but Jermichael Green on the court, um, it makes it makes them very tough to guard, and I think it would have in a Sacramento series as well. Open up the lane a little bit more, um, even though Sacramento didn't really have a rim protector ever in that series. They had good perimeter guys that they could funnel just to their big man, and uh, I think Jermichael should have got more burn, and it showed. Hmm. He played like twelve or thirteen minutes and had I think thirteen or fifteen points. He did. You think Steve Expect Kerr to see maybe, more of that. maybe fell into that one with Looney being ill, huh? <laughs> What's yeah, great? I also also think he recognized um having Draymond and Kevon, um, Kevon Looney on the court at the same time kind of limits you offensively in a for lot of sure. ways. For sure, for sure. And I mentioned the, to you know earlier, I think Looney played less than twelve minutes and still had more rebounds than any Laker did, which is pretty telling uh, telling stat as well for just his impact um, and how much he goes after it, but. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, heading back to Los Angeles. Uh, momentum's key there. You know, I think if the if Golden State goes in and wins game three, you know, that might just be it. So we'll have to wait and see. But I got, uh, you know, a couple questions for you out east. You know, it kind of outside of teams that are currently playing, at least one of them. So Mike Budenholzer getting fired is kind of a big story. Um, 
surprised? You think that's fair? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? No, it's not fair. That's an NBA championship coach. Mm-hmm. And had the had best teams near the top of, record, right? Teams near the top of the Eastern Conference multiple times. I mean, it's it's obvious they were they took this Ultimate as their opportunity to get rid of him. No, I don't even look at it as that. I think they wanted him out, and they're like, oh, this is our chance to get him mm. out. They want to wow. get somebody else in there for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. I'm not about to speak on it too much, but no. Mike I Budenholzer gets fired. Yeah. Usually when teams do stuff like that, Dusty Baker in Cincinnati, mm. you get you get what's coming to you. That's all uh, I'm going to say. Yeah, it's sad. Nick Nurse, too, which uh, I heard rumors that that was going to happen. I'm sure that you wouldn't mind having either of those guys coaching the Pacers. I mean, I'm not a big Nick Nurse fan, but I like Mike Budenholzer. Mm. Cool. And then the other big story, which just happened, um, Joel Embiid uh, being named MVP. You know, I'm not the biggest Joel Embiid fan. Um, Don't necessarily know that I would have voted for him either, but congrats to him. I did like what he had to say about, you know, typically when I've heard Joel Joel Embiid speak, it's it's normally kind of... uh, almost selfish the way that he he talks but uh it was nice to hear him speak that he he's happy to he wants to be an inspiration to other kids from Cameroon um you know he didn't even start playing basketball till he was 15 or 16 so it just goes to show if you you put in the work and the effort that uh you can achieve great things regardless when you start so shout out to him and uh congrats to him as well but yeah I think um I, I think it's I wide open. I just don't know how you can win MVP <laughs> and you got another dude on your team averaging like 20 points and, and 10 assists. Mm. And you got another dude on your team, Tyrese Maxey, who averages 20 points. I don't I don't see how you can win MVP. I mean, devil's advocate. Devil's I advocate. I don't see it. He led the league in scoring and uh double digit you know rebounds decent once again it's stats it's you got all three stats. dudes on your team can who can drop 20 a game yep it's all stat driven and they look at those different efficiency now i can't wrap my head around yeah, all those I, new i don't see I, I disagree i think I, if it was stat driven then he wouldn't win the mvp because it would be the player who had whose stats dominate his team percentage wise the most hmm. especially scoring yeah, you know what who, I mean. Who but, who who has the most percentage of buckets? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who, who stands out for their team? Who really is the most valuable player? We just watched Philly win Game One in Boston without Embiid. Yep, with a dominating performance that's, from James Harden. That's all I got. That's all I gotta say. Like, mm-hmm. ain't nobody winning no road game against the number two seed without. Somebody who's the most valuable player. It's not a knock against Joel Embiid, just reality. Yep. But anyways, well, sports dichotomy. Yeah, let's get at it. Asking each other yes or no, back and forth questions, and um, we're gonna see how it goes down. JB, you want to kick it off? I'll kick it off. Um, in the world of baseball, recently Max Scherzer was uh, suspended for some illegal substances and. This now, because of this, will tarnish his legacy. Man, I don't. What's his What's his legacy? He already got acting. Does he have a good reputation? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't he's think he did. Dog. Honestly, yeah, he's he's a mad dog. Yeah, I don't think it changes anything. No. <laughs> will Dylan Brooks be in the NBA next season? <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. 
Wow. I think he'll be playing with Dwight Howard at least oh, for a year. Lord. Somebody, so, yeah, somebody might take a shot. I'll just say no. I'm not a fan of his. Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady will end up signing with the Miami Dolphins. Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna say yes probably oh, oh lord lamar jackson wants to throw for six thousand yards with his new weapons he said this is he implying that he's not gonna run and become a pocket passer i mean he would have to be right six thousand <laughs> damn marino type stuff uh, yeah it's crazy um the cincinnati reds recently inked hunter green to a multi-year deal pretty reasonable and it's probably the smartest thing that they have done in the last few years yeah, you need to have better performances than he had today <laughs> my bad well yeah well yeah <laughs> i mean he's young bro <laughs> oh man now nah, he's been balling recently man so we're gonna say yes lionel messi suspension for missing mm. a training session with psg because of a Saudi Arabian trip was warranted. If it was Apparently unapproved, he already had this trip. Yeah, Apparently he already had this trip planned out yeah, for a long time. If it was unapproved, we'll say yeah. There you go. No matter who you are. Hey, Aaron Rodgers trade was finally finally went through yeah. for him to go to the New York Jets. NO cares. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, nah, I really don't, though. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get publicity. He's in New York City now. Like, oh, God. He's yeah, going like to get more than he got in enough. Green Bay. Exactly. All right. Bryce Young. I feel like I've asked questions like this before. We'll have a better rookie season than C.J. Stroud. Um, I'm going to say no based on the situation. I don't know. I just feel okay. like the coach, <laughs> I saw what he did the last few years with quarterbacks. Um. Uh, Jimmy Butler is the closest thing we have right now to Kawhi Leonard. Um, as far as like an all-around two-way player. Uh, yeah, we'll say yeah. The Baltimore Orioles, 11 games above 500, mm. have staying power in the deep AL East. Yeah, I don't think so. I think those are like 21 and nine, away. man. Okay, they're young. Yeah, they're good though. The Boston Bruins losing in the first round to the Florida Panthers is a bigger upset than the Bucks losing to the Heat. Yeah, it's one of the biggest upsets in sports history. Their regular Crazy. season was insane. If JB was in the NBA and had been on five <laughs> different... Hold on, hold on now, hold on now. And I, and I already know you're going to be... After I ask this question, you're going to be wondering who I'm talking about. Okay. If JB was in the NBA and had been on five different teams in five seasons, he'd humble himself. Oh, I'm, I would hope so. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. Think about this. Shohei Otani. I know you probably don't play fantasy baseball. I, I play a little fantasy baseball. He's the number 11 hitter in fantasy baseball, um, hitting 308 with seven home runs, 19 RBIs, and five stolen bases, and also top 75 pitcher with four wins. With a 2.54 ERA, 59 strikeouts in 39 innings, and only 18 walks, just goes to show that he is easily the best player in baseball. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, JB, mm-hmm. malfunction. Having some having some technical di- difficulties over here, but I think we back now. All right. Okay. 
Colorado football coach, Deion Sanders, Mm -hmm. discussed heavily in the media. JB, the powers that be are trying to help set him up for failure. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Erling Haaland breaking the Premier League scoring record with seven or eight games remaining is possibly the greatest season ever in the Premier League for eight. I mean, how could it not be? That's excellence. The Buffaloes, JB. Same team, my previous question. Uh Went 1-11 last season. So most of the guys who hopped in the portal, 71 since last August, were genuinely addition by subtraction, Deion Sanders. Yeah, absolutely. I think he said that coming in. <laughs> uh, N.O. dies a little more each day that David Bell is still in charge of the Cincinnati Reds. Are you kidding me? I'm a cat right now. <laughs> now I don't even know what life I'm on. Reds right fielder, speaking of those <laughs> guys, Jake Fraley, <laughs> this is crazy, leads the team in RBIs, but isn't an everyday player. This is quality managing. I swear, y'all, we didn't do it. I, I like the word. Yeah, I like the verbiage of quality. No, it's terrible. Uh, Jalen Brown is a more efficient and better player than Jason Tatum. He is, in my opinion. James Harden dropped 45 when Embiid was out of game one, and Philly won in Boston. The Sixers would be better if the beard was the focal point of their offense scoring wise um you know i would say yes i just i don't know if he can be he's a little you know a little bit older yeah we'll say yeah just based on that um steph's performance in game seven against the kings where he dropped the first 50 point game ever in a game seven in nba history is a all-time top five performance in the past to be has to be. Anthony Richardson will start week one for the Colts. I'm, think, I'm guessing probably the way it is now with the league, yeah. Could be a rough season. Um, with current playoff struggles, fourth quarter letdowns, and seemingly some, you know, questionable decision making, we're, we're seeing now the difference that Ime Udoka made for the Celtics last year as their coach. Um, I'll, not really to me. Mm. I'm going to say no. All right. That was my last one, JB. Hey, me too. <laughs> Sports Dichotomy, y'all. There and, you uh, go. What a excellent segment it was, man. Let's jump into the one that we wait for back and forth. In no-nos last week. So this week we got JB's justifications. Well, I'll ask JB a personal question. JB Justification. All right, and yes. a little bit outside of the sports realm, and then all right, I'm gonna put some time on the clock for JB to justify a scenario in sports. JB, personal okay. question today: What advice does JB give to a first-time parent? Hmm, interesting. You should ask, man. I mean, that's how long we got. You know what I mean? Uh, just just the one bit of advice. I will say probably more than anything, like cherish it, be in the moment, 
because I mean, my son, my oldest is about to turn 17 and I think back and it was like a blink of an eye, you know, he was a baby and you know, I didn't have that mentality. I was younger, you know, I was 24. So not much more than a kid myself, to be honest at that point. And, you know, you don't really realize it at the time, how quick it's going to go. Um, and I, I, you know, have some regrets about, you know, not being as present and in the moment when he was younger and I wish I would have been. So just be present, be there and enjoy it because it goes quick. That's what I would say to new parents. That's beautiful, JB. Beautiful stuff, man. Outside sure. of the sports realm, sometimes yeah. on N O N J B Sports Pedigree, y'all. We not come on now. We well rounded out we here. Peep, but we real, we real people. Yeah, absolutely. We about to we about to do a one eighty and get back to sports right now. All right. JB and I have been talking about this for a while, but I'm a I, I gotta I gotta force JB to talk about it on here. Anthony okay. Davis, averaging twenty one and fourteen in these NBA playoffs, often criticized for his point total disparities that's what we'll call it 11 points one game 30 the next 16 the next 31 in the next game that's essentially how his playoffs have gone through eight or nine games here's the rub with the defensive responsibilities that ad has expected to do right rim protection and let's be honest be the best defender on the court is it realistic to expect so much from him offensively each game or should more responsibility be placed on you know this guy named LeBron James, maybe, to score. And I'm not even talking about LeBron for defense. I'm talking about LeBron to score. JB, I want you to justify whether AD gets too much slack or not as it comes to par- as it comes parallel to LeBron James needing to be expected to do more or not, at least offensively. LeBron's at 22 and 10, by the way. JB, you can start now. There's a... Uh... There's a lot to be said here, I think, in a lot of different facets of this. I think the national media, a lot of fans, the narrative is that AD takes possessions off on offense. You hear that a lot, that he's checked out sometimes, that he's not aggressive enough. Yeah. Um, well... Some of the challenge is that, you know, he's not the dominant ball handler. He has to, it's almost like when you were watching the Lakers game, sometimes they forget that he's playing when they're on offense. Like I would be if I'm the coach, that's a coaching thing to me. Like offense, if I'm running sets, if I'm not on fast break, if we're in the half court, I'm trying to make sure AD gets a touch every time, personally. Now, that would inherently increase his opportunities to get more shots, which would probably increase his scoring too. Yeah. So I don't think people take that into account um, when they talk about that. And I think to your point, the amazing play that he has on the defensive end is probably also discounted too much. Um, For me, Mm. I think that he is, he's the most talented big man, I think, and has the most potential to be even better, uh, if he was utilized, I think, properly. Um, and, but I think that's why you see that inconsistency from him. And I think as far as LeBron goes, I think you don't hear anything about him not being more consistent scoring. And you really don't hear anything about him. This is probably the most glaring thing to me, is that you don't hear 
about him taking possessions off defensively. Ah, because does he do that? He, he almost every play. I mean, <laughs> there are, you know, he'll have some a couple of chase down plays. You know, it, he has like these spurts. But the guy's 38. So I, I have a bit of a different expectation and perspective, I think, than a lot of the media and fans. Like, I don't expect him to be able to do what he did 10 years ago defensively, but I don't, I can't stand to watch like it, it's it, laziness at times where he's not even putting forth the effort. Now, I saw this a bit more in the regular season. I see that he looks like he's exerting a bit more effort. Now that we're in the playoffs, he kind of has to. But at the end of the day, he's not the guy he used to be, but he doesn't get – he's not getting the same criticism for shooting terribly. He shot like 18% from three-point range in the playoffs so far, and you don't really hear anything about that. It's like stop taking threes and get in the post. He's a 6'8", 250-pound dude, typically has a guard covering, and why aren't you in the post? You know what I mean? That's what I think I would be criticizing him more about for scoring, and I think he could score more if he did that. Um, and I don't criticize AD. I just think the only way the Lakers are going to win <laughs> is if he's the leading offensive player and they play through him. I think that's the only way they can win because they don't have why a great— Why can't LeBron get off anymore, though? Like, we yeah, talk. He, why can't LeBron in, I think 40? he could if he got in the post, but— I just don't think he has the ability anymore to ah, be able to do point. it. I don't. I don't think he has that in him anymore. Um, but at the end of the day, people still view him like he's still that good. So if you're still viewing him at that level, then you have to raise your level of expectation and hold him to a higher standard, accountability-wise. If you view him like that, but I, I yeah. and that's where I think you're coming from with. All these people still look at him as like he's the goat. Well, he's not. I mean, he, he's not ding, ding, right ding, now. Ding, 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 you know ding. what I mean? He's not. But if you're going to view him as the goat, then you got to hold him to he should be scoring closer to 30 a game right now if you're yes. viewing him that way, right? There there you have it. And he's got to be doing more on defense. JB I just fully don't, understands me. Yeah, I, I just don't think me. he's – I don't think he's there anymore. And I think Stop he can calling him spurts. the goat. Because he's not the GOAT anymore. Yes, he's still LeBron James. But y'all living in the past. Yeah. Y'all want to give him all this credit, but not hold him accountable. Yeah. It's <laughs> what and, it is. And that's and that's where I see, you know, I see, like, he can be your number two right now. But even at that, like, I need to see more out of him consistently defensively. Um, and not just taking possessions off. Or, or, or you know. Maybe you just play him in shorter spurts. I mean, they've got enough guys that can come in, but if he's going to be in there, he's got to he's got to get in the post, man. There ain't no other. He can't just sit out there and shoot threes. <laughs> you know, if they're going to be successful, that that's not a recipe for them. And I just think AD is too talented for me to not let him touch the ball for five, six possessions in a row. I don't get that at all. It's almost like the only time, a lot of times, the only way AD gets a bucket is he's got to get an offensive rebound. Too many ISO dudes on the Lakers who yeah. want to dribble and shoot. Yep. Dennis Schroeder. Excuse me. D'Lo is really the first one I should have brought up. Um, Dennis Schroeder yeah. not so, Dennis Schroeder not so much. Austin Reeves gets in a mode where he wants to go off the dribble. Yep. And obviously LeBron. For sure. Um, just is what it is. Yep. 
You're absolutely right. And you look on the opposite side, the Golden State, how well they share. And Steph really led it in the most recent game with his, you know, what do you have, seven assists in the first half. I think, um, man, they had a ton as a team. They just, they share the ball. They all look for each other and find each other. And that's the difference. You know, you've got one team that plays more ISO and one that doesn't. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I I have a different, like I said, I'm, I'm realistic about it. I know what my expectations of them are now. And I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he can do what he did in the past, but some people out here, they, they still feel like he's that guy. Well, if you feel that way, then you either going to have to, they don't feel that way. They just delusional about the situation, (laughs) but um, we not, we keep it real with ourselves and we keep it real about NBA players. And I already know LeBron will keep it real about himself as well. So y'all should keep it real too. Mm -hmm. That's the only other thing too. That's what I was going to say. That's what yeah. I was going to say is that, and at times, you know, the LeBron brings stuff on himself by the way that he speaks now, and he kind of still speaks like he's that and posts on social media like he's still the king. Um, and, yeah. bro, it's not, you know, this ain't 2012 anymore, nah, you know? It's not. <laughs> I mean, or even, you know, or even four years ago, five years ago, right. when LeBron was right. still at, like you're 38. His, his peak. It's yeah, amazing he, that he can still do. That's right. What he does is impressive. Right. What he does is impressive. But he, but he's no longer a, an all NBA player. He's just no. not. He might no. be for a five minute spurt, you know, but yeah, that's it. That was a you lot. You know when JB sports <laughs> better for you. I love how you, I love how you, you got out all the information that you wanted to, you know, people to hear yes sir with that topic that specific topic man you you really laid it out there man thank you for doing that hey of course we'll uh come back at you again next week and uh you know we'll probably probably bring back some more uh fact or fiction who knows maybe a little athlete trivia we gotta look and see what's on the on the docket but uh we appreciate you guys continuing to tune in and listen and we hope you Hope you share with a friend or two if you think they might enjoy it. Um, you know, check us out Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. We're out there. Y'all have a good one. Check it. We keep pushing forward when the lights dim. The flame still burns when the night ends. So it's time to get animated promptly. My passion's connotated as anger. Wrongly, since I'm as real as it gets, I won't take that. Might spew a couple of words I won't take back. I'll be the thug who seems to bring charm. Check my skin in the U.S. I'm seen as that regardless. Docile and harmless. Emblematic guinea pigs. Submit to control all the people in the city did. Silly kids only listen to that. Extreme numbers to them. To me, it's how you attack. <laughs> Sometimes I think that I'm great. Then I stumble It's better to be lucky than good Keeps you humble I'm hands on in my approach So when I fumble I turn over to the most high Therefore I'll never crumble Tough Gotta get started to get ahead Conduct stoic I know I'm not acting scared I'm the type they feel they have to replace Demonizing the face In my black voice And masculine traits Like it's a problem Don't fear delusional types Mentally locked in But still in tune with the hype Whole models about deception I catch a trend and go the other way You can call it an interception What's popular Tends to reveal what's going down Standing back with a scope watching from across town the goddess from above is what i view is profound so when i see they really care that's when i'm coming around